recording closest to her. <coughs> yes, because you're nice and loud because you're sound clouding okay, it, so I thought, you know, you have a good out outdoor voice. <laughs> Welcome everybody, my name is Emily Mithner and I'm founder and president of NY Creative Interns. We're so excited that you came out tonight. So how many of you have been to one of our events before? Good amount, great. So good to see lots of old, familiar, and, and new faces in the crowd. So we are a community dedicated to inspiring career optimism in young creatives. And so we do this through networking events, lots of educational resources on our website, our blog, and we also run a highly curated job board where we post only the best uh, internships and entry-level creative jobs in New York City. How many of you have applied to jobs on our job board or seen our job board? Good enough. Well, if you haven't, definitely check it out. Um, so a little bit about logistics. Uh, if you have Foursquare or Twitter or any of this good stuff, you want internet, all the information's here. Uh, it'd be awesome if you could give a, a shout out to Social Ovalby, who's our, our host today, for uh, having us in their wonderful space and lending us two of their amazing employees for tonight. Um, so if, if you're lazy, we, we wrote a tweet for you, so it's very simple. And uh, if you're new to social media, this could be your very first tweet, and it would be a great, great first tweet um, for, for today. Um, so a little bit about how the event will run. We're going to have uh, our panel for about 40 minutes or so, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I have a bunch of questions that I actually got from some of you ahead of time, my own questions. Um, and then we'll also have plenty of time for Q&A at the end. And then after that, we'll have plenty of time for you to meet, talk with the speakers one-on-one, -on -one, and also meet each other. Um, so for those of you have, who have been to one of our events before, you know the goal for you should be to meet about six new people tonight. Uh, if you're new, uh, you should make a, make a goal for yourself to meet about three new people. And we're going to uh, make it easy for you to start uh, on that number. So we're going to take a couple of minutes for everyone to turn to someone you have not, you don't know and you haven't said hello to yet and ask them how, uh, what brought them here tonight, which is the easiest question you can ask somebody at an event. <laughs> so ready? <laughs> Go. This is Okay. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, 
Nikki Dillon is the celebrity. I do have a So you run uh, social for the video? graduated and you're looking for your first job. Okay, a handful. Cool. So, you know, when you're job hunting and, and just in general, especially in the summer, when maybe you're interning and you have more free time, um, a really productive and fun thing to do is come to events like these and meet other people who are in your same situation and looking for jobs or doing their first internship or, um, you know, working someplace new. So this is a really awesome community as you can see so far. I've uh, all met a bunch of cool people already, I'm sure. Um, so it's a great place to make friends and connections. Uh, so we have a series that we're doing at a place called the Wix Lounge, and we also have a couple of virtual events. Uh, we do uh, two virtual events every month. How many of you have watched a virtual event? All right, well, you guys should check these out. So basically, it's networking in your pajamas, which is very <laughs> convenient. Uh, so you can actually tune in from anywhere um, online or via telephone, and we get one. On, we we have one-on-one -on -one talks with people who talk a lot about their industry and their specific jobs. So it's great for getting a foot in the door uh, at a certain company and really just getting some insight into what it's like to work for certain places. Um, you'll also see that you have a survey um, underneath your chair. So if you can fill that out at the end, that would be awesome. So without further ado, um, and again, we definitely encourage, especially since it's Social Media Week, and this event is all about uh, online and offline connections, we definitely encourage you to tweet. Uh, if you are going to tweet, uh, the, our hashtag is not up there, but um, it's, uh, I'm going to actually plug it in right now really quick. Um, but we have two hashtags, but the main one is this one. So definitely use that hashtag in your tweet, and then we can all follow along and tweet each other. Sure. <laughs> I run. All right. So great. So uh, we always start our panels by just uh, you know hearing a little bit about each speaker, what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, and we'll also add in for funsies your favorite social network. Favorite social network. Okay. So. Um, everyone, my name is Nando Rodriguez. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Nando Recruit. I am the social media recruiter for Ogilvy, and more specifically for social at Ogilvy. So all uh, I'm dedicated is just looking for people who want to be in social, work in social for our advertising agency. Um, my favorite platform. You know what, what? What's great, and this is one of the questions I ask people when I'm interviewing them, is what what platform are you strongest in? 
And that always gets the conversation going, you know, that kind of breaks the ice a little bit. So I would say, for me, it used to be Twitter. I used to be really, uh, had a ton of fun on Twitter, and I think it's gotten a little bit oversaturated right now. So I'm back on Facebook again. So I'm like cultivating those relationships. So I'm, I'm having fun there. Um, my day-to-day is just looking for talented, you know, whether, I'm looking for talented people in the social space, whether... You can run a campaign for social for social at Ogilvy on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Tumblr, content creation. Can you take one piece of content and create it into four different platforms so it lives there, you know, and, and it can get its own life form? Uh, that's, that's basically what I do. Sounds kind of boring, but it really isn't. <laughs> it's really fun, you know? Nice. Yeah. My name is Jaja Fay. I'm the digital marketing manager at the Guggenheim, which means I do social media for the Guggenheim. You can follow me at Guggenheim. Um, my role also has a variety of different responsibilities in terms of digital. Um, we also manage email, um, a lot of web initiatives for the institution, and really just taking um, digital and involving the visitor and making their experience rich online and off-site. Um, my, social, my favorite social network I think currently is Instagram. I'm also a freelance photographer, and I've really enjoyed um, using social media through mobile photography to communicate what I'm doing, both um, professionally going to other museums and galleries, and also um, sharing my personal life online and pushing those updates out to other networks. Um, and that's it. Hi, everyone. I'm. Uh Jeffrey Cologne, I, uh, I'm Vice President of Social at Ogilvy. So um, uh, I work day to day here within the IBM uh, account, which is Ogilvy's biggest and probably one of their older uh, accounts that's been here since 1994. So it's a little different than a B2C brand since it's a, a tech brand in B2B, uh, which is actually the growing area in social. A lot of people, you know, they get fascinated. I mean, I remember when I graduated from college many moons ago. Always wanted to work in like music and lifestyle, but uh, now I think the world is sort of shifting more to sort of software as a service and technology. So it's sort of interesting to work in in the space. Um, so I, I do a variety of different things, run a lot of different uh, campaigns uh, across a variety of different uh, platforms. Uh, if you haven't, there's a there's we did the world's smallest film, a boy and his atom. Uh, that I was involved in the social strategy uh, with that. IBM really wanted to know how they would uh, become relevant. And I think, uh, again, in one of the ways is B2B is really borrowing from B2C now. So the lines have blurred quite a bit. Um, my favorite platform, uh, I'll, I'll tell you two, because I sort of pick one that I like to use and then sort of the one that you should watch for the future. Um, LinkedIn, obviously. LinkedIn today is probably the best way to find out information. It's a great publishing platform, and it's... Um, it is. It represents your economic graph. It's probably an area Google Plus should have headed into, but with the revamp last week, I was sadly uh, disappointed. Um, and then I, I love Spreecast. I think this is going to be the next big thing. I think people will. I think. I think it'll be the next big thing that sells, not for 1.1 billion like Tumblr, but um, <laughs> um, it's a video P2P, which I, which we're all sort of moving into, and not the video P2P that ends up on the news and things like that. It's uh, like Wall Street Journal and other companies use it where you can basically, you know, four people can talk to each other. Uh, it's a good business tool, but uh, it can be integrated anywhere. And uh, you can sort of have your own channel so you can sort of speak uh, about what you what you think. And I think, you know, for all of you who are moving into trying to 
find a, a, a job and find a, you know, relevance out there, you have to sort of go beyond the normal platforms that we're used to and really sort of shine on, on some of those. I use Spreaker, which is a podcast network, and do a lot of thought leadership there. And even if you think you're talking to yourself, you're probably not because things get shared quite a bit. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more, you know, about that. But uh, anything that you can make yourself sort of shine, uh, I think it's relevant. But Spreecast is, is my other big one. So. Cool. And for those of you who are wondering, um, we were very sad to hear Gabe Alonzo from Guilt was uh, actually got food poisoning, so he's not here, um, so that's why he's missing off the screen. But he's very active on Twitter, so if you're excited to meet him, you should definitely tweet at him a little get well tweet and uh, let, let him know that you are looking forward to meeting him. Um, so we'd love to start by hearing uh, what, uh, how social media, maybe an interesting way social media has affected your career. And Nando, I'd love to start with you because I know at another conference we spoke at, you spoke about how your vlogging uh, kind of attributed to landing at social at Ogilvy. Yeah, totally. So what was it? I've been at Ogilvy for three years, so about four years ago, actually about four, five, six, seven, seven years ago, I was recruiting in the pharmaceutical industry and I got so fed up with it that I said I just quit. I, I, I quit recruiting in general and I quit pharmaceutical in general and I started blogging. And uh, I started a very tiny blog called nondoism.com and I was giving people dating advice. So it was dating and relationships, right? And before I knew it, it kind of expanded and it kind of exploded where other bloggers were reaching out to me saying, hey, who's doing your Twitter? Who's doing this? Who's, who's running your blog? And I was like, well, it's all me. And they're like, well, would you do that for us? So then all of a sudden I became like a social media consultant without really knowing what I was doing. And so I was like, I was just replicating what I was doing for me for somebody else. And... One of the things that really, I think, made me stand out was I was an early adapter of vlogging. So I was doing video, uh, video advice for people. But then all of a sudden, the fashion bloggers and the beauty vloggers reached out to me and said, hey, um, I, have, I have a beauty blog or I have a fashion blog, but I'm actually located like in Detroit, Michigan, where people <laughs> don't think it's too sexy. So I just got invited to the Sex in the City 2 movie premiere. Um, would you go on my behalf and do a video for me? And I was like okay, but I charge, you know, $400 for that. Praying, you know? And, then, and they'd say, okay, that's fine. And I'm like, oh my God. So then word got around, so other people started contacting me saying, hey, I do, I do a beauty blog, but I need some, I need, I need, um, I only do female. Would you be willing to do the male version of, you know, for, for Nikkel and for Avon and things like that? Yeah, but I charge $250 per review. Okay, that's fine. I'm like, oh my God. So all of a sudden, that's how I started gaining a little bit of momentum with the vlogs, right? And fast forward, you know, four years later, all of a sudden, I get, you know, an email from Ogilvy that says, hey, we see that you've been recruiting for seven years, and we see that you understand social. Would you be interested in becoming our social media recruiter? And never had I thought about meshing the two together. Number one, because I'd really given up on recruiting. Like, I wanted nothing to do with corporate America at all. But then this seems really intriguing. Like, a, a company that's going to really dedicate an entire recruiter to just social. So I came in and I interviewed. And the culture here is absolutely amazing. Um, you can attest to that. And, and I said, sure, I don't know what this means, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'll do it. And I've never worked for advertising a day in my life, 
So I said, you know, as long as you guys know that I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And they said, ah, you'll, you'll pick up pretty soon. And sure enough, here I am three years later, and I'm hiring people through social. And now I'm to the point where I've kind of figured, I think I kind of know what I'm doing, and I've expanded. So now I'm using social to broaden my reach, and I actually hired Jeff. I hired Jeff through Twitter. Jeff reached out to me through Twitter, and it was just like a beautiful thing, you know, to be able to have Twitter and YouTube and Google Hangouts now for me to do phone screens. That, well, not see, I'm archaic. They're no longer phone screens. I guess they're Google Plus Hangout screens. But that's my story with how it's affected my career. So it's really just taking something, adapting to it, but then also having your personality shine through and then just running with it and then stuff happens my story isn't as colorful as yours <laughs> um, so I graduated about five years ago I'd say by then um, I didn't really think of social media as an asset to sell in job interviews and it wasn't even anything I put on my resume it was you know something just anecdotal day-to-day -day, and who knew in the past few years that museums would really embrace social media and now they're to the point that they're hiring dedicated social media managers in these new positions and um, I think coming from a very academic environment and into an environment that's in some ways even more academic as a nonprofit institution in a museum you're working with people who are either afraid of technology or don't even know what Twitter and Facebook are and that's very much part of my job just sitting down with curators and <laughs> explaining this is what this website is. Um, and over time, you know, I have social media to, to thank for my career, and um, there's so many people within the museum industry who are really just keeping up with, you know, other agencies and people who are giving us best practices. Um, but I think what's unique for at least the art world, um, cultural institutions, um, I think having the hybrid both love and um, appreciation for what you're doing as well as um, really being personally involved in teaching yourself these tools. I never went to school for anything related to, to technology. Um, you know, I studied art history and then eventually worked for a museum. It really took a lot of doing it on my own and you know, getting really experimental, teaching myself web design and understanding how the internet works. Um, and all those skills eventually led to where I am today. Nice. Nice. Um, so yeah, Nando probably mentioned that I uh, uh, tweeted to him and then we got into a nice conversation which led to, I believe, a, a Skype conversation which led to other things. So we used a lot of technological tools. But um, probably the, the biggest way that um, <clears throat> are the, the most interesting thing that, I, that I've done in terms of social and how it sort of helped me land uh, uh, a job opportunity and I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you are doing it in the room as well, is um, I, got a, uh, I got a gig in 2007 at a small agency of only 10 people. Uh, I'd worked for a digital distribution company prior to that, and um, you have to think of the time frame. In 2006, there wasn't much broadband in, in the world, and I was working for a company that was trying to figure out how to uh, distribute content on the web, which is sort of commonplace now. But from that, this digital agency said, you know, hey, we'll hire you, and... Uh, you know, we want you to run some, some campaigns on some of our, uh, of our clients. And many of those clients were TV clients, USA Network, History Channel, A&E, 
uh, food network, et cetera. And it was at that time period where you could just experiment. There was no such thing as the second screen yet. So we did a, one of the things that I found interesting was we just did a lot of uh, experimentation and tried a lot of different things, which I think you, you, know, you want to do at a job. And from that, I sort of built a portfolio where a bigger uh, agency said to me, hey, we have like, you know, we really love the work that you're doing, so would you like to come and, uh, you know, work for, work for us? So one of the things I think you should do, and people ask me this question a lot, is, you know, they'll tell me some of the things that I'm doing, and I'll just say, show me what you're doing. That's, you know, the social web is all about showing, not really saying you can do this, this, and this. There's so many people that can, I can say that. It's so much easier if you, if when people say, like, here's all the stuff I'm doing, and I can see it. Uh, usually those are the people that, you know, sort of stick out uh, from, from the rest of the pack. Uh, one of the people that uh, is on my team here, uh, the reason that, I, that uh, we ended up hiring him is because he sort of showed all these different things that he was doing, and I was like, wow, I really like the way that this guy, this guy thinks. And so he, you know, he, he now works on the IBM team with me. But um, I think that's the thing in, in terms of social is it's, exp it's, it's moving or evolving at such a rapid rate that, you know, you want to experiment with as much as, as possible. So, in, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> if, if you're already doing things in terms of, uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and LinkedIn, those are great things, but think about, like, what other platform you can utilize, again, to sort of do something really unique and interesting. That, that I think, you know, for, for companies that understand social will really probably, you know, say this person sort of has their, their um, uh, they're on the pulse of sort of where, where things are going. So for people who might not necessarily be doing social media, you know, they just want to use it as a way to stand out, um, you know, on resumes, how, much, how should people go about deciding what to put on their print resume? So should they be putting their LinkedIn link, their Twitter, their blog, their Facebook? Um, what's kind of a good standard of, um, of putting, which platforms to kind of cross over to your normal resume? Anyone can answer. I would say the platform that you feel would be most professional and always be aware that anything you do on your personal network could be very easily spread and um, I think everyone knows that but um, in terms of uh, print I think LinkedIn and if your Twitter personality is professional definitely include that as well. Yeah I would say LinkedIn just because LinkedIn obviously is your professional graph and you should treat it as such. Uh, Twitter, if you use it to tweet to any of your friends, I would leave off just because, you know, you might say that you're at a bar to come meet us. Um, employers, prospective employers don't really like too much of that. I would leave Facebook off. Uh, I wouldn't even keep Facebook on. I mean, Facebook's really the social graph. Um, employers don't really need to know what you do on there. I mean, that's my take on it. If they need to see how you've used it, you could, you could show them. But uh, uh, I, I really think LinkedIn is like the strong area. And if you have a blog, of course, that makes sense as well, even if it's personal, just because you can show that, like, hey, I write, I create content, I might do other things that are, you know, unique, um, especially if you curate. That's always a, a skill that I think a lot of companies look at as well. So uh, for people who might be trying to use social networks to get on someone's radar, you know, say maybe they're trying to get an informational interview or a real interview, um, what are some etiquettes for, you know, what networks are appropriate to add people on if you don't know them and kind of maybe how long should you be following someone or retweeting them before you might actually ask, hey, you know, would you mind meeting up for coffee? Any, any etiquette tips for, uh, for that process? Well... I think as a recruiter, yeah. <laughs> so, wait, 
point because I, I could spend an Multiple hour on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so let's first say um, what's some etiquette for like where to connect with people who you don't maybe you haven't met them. You right. just want to follow them online and, and kind of get to know them so you can eventually reach out to them. Okay. So I would say first off, uh, you know, LinkedIn is the number one, right? Because especially if you're trying to get a job then that's how you want them to see you. So if you just want to connect with them, but make it a personal message. So many times I think LinkedIn gives you that standard message. Imagine, I'm a recruiter, so I know it's a standard message, guys. So imagine if every single one of you sent me that email and it said, hi, I'd like to add you to my professional network, Fernando. I just know that this person had no thought process behind inviting me to connect whatsoever. So already I'm just like, I don't... Already, you've kind of made a bad impression there, right? So if you are going to reach out to somebody, reach out through LinkedIn, but make it a personalized message. And what you would say is something, you know, a little bit like, you know, I, I just read the article that you posted on blah, 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 or, you know, hey, you have some really funny tweets, but I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn. You know, something like that to really make yourself stand out, I would say that's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two is if you do want to follow them on Twitter, things like that, don't do like an entire day of just like stalking them because I'll get the email that you follow me on Twitter, then I'll get the email linked, uh, the LinkedIn email, then I'll get the he's requesting you on Facebook, then I'll get the whole, you know, he just subscribed to your videos on YouTube, and it might be a little bit overwhelming, right? Although you're speaking to an egomaniac, so for me it would be absolutely fine. But somebody else out there, you might want to take your time and just like, you know, in a week or two, do this, do that. But don't be afraid to make yourself known. Don't be afraid to make yourself uh, you know, put yourself on my radar. What Jeff did, which I actually liked, was Jeff actually reached out to me like two or three times. And it was during a period where I had so many jobs to fill that I would go on Twitter, just look to see who was responding, and I would see Jeff's message. Hey, you know, here, you know, I, I see that you're looking for, an, uh, for a VP. Here's a link to my resume. That was awesome. Because I actually was looking, and I tweeted out, looking for a VP, social at Ogilvy, yada, yada, here, apply online. But he took it a step further and said, hey, I saw your, you know, I saw your tweet, here's my URL, take a look, whatever. I didn't get a chance to. I, like, I immediately got distracted, got busy doing something else. The following week, he, he tweets me again. An entire seven days went by. And he wrote, hey, I know you're probably busy, but just in case you didn't take a look, here's my URL. Immediately, he stood out, and I, took the, I stopped what I was doing to check out his profile because... His follow-up was an entire week later. It wasn't an hour later or it wasn't, you know, the next day or even two days or three days. Because in the recruiting realm, you're constantly being bombarded with emails and, and emails from LinkedIn. And then your bosses are calling you. Your, your hiring managers are calling you. You know, finance is calling you. And then to get bombarded with all these tweets. So I would say keep that in mind. You know, if you are going to follow someone on Twitter and you reach out to them once, Give it at least a week, maybe a week and a half before you reach out again, and then just leave it at that. And then if they don't reach out, then, you know, it just wasn't a match or, or whatever, because I can't possibly get back to it. I make it a personal goal to get back to every single person who's tweeted me, but sometimes it, it just gets a little bit overwhelming, and I can't. So I would just say as a rule of thumb, if you reach out on Twitter, reach out. If you haven't heard back in a week, send a friendly little reminding tweet, and then if nothing, then just kind of leave it alone for the next round. 
So Jeff, were you DMing Nando, or were you like publicly tweeting? Were you somewhere currently? Because I think some people might have the question. That's a good question. If I have a yeah. job already, um, is it dangerous to be tweeting at other people about jobs? Mm. And you know, what's that sort of balancing between you want to take advantage of the social media, but you don't maybe want yeah. your bosses to find out that you're looking? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, well, if you think of the functionality, I can only DM someone if they follow me and I follow right. them. And in this case, I don't think Nando followed me yet so I I he was publicly at tweeting. Spo- yeah, yeah I publicly tweeted to him um, I mean yeah you always take that chance that someone's gonna say they're looking for so-and-so at the time you know the agency I was at was very uh, like everyone was on Twitter so I'm sure some people probably were like I think he's like up to something but they would have to almost look and see like who's Nando uh, you know, who's at Nando Recruit. And the other thing is, I tweet regularly enough that it, it, gets, it, blocked. it gets blocked. So, I mean, you, you know, if I did that at 11 a.m., maybe by the time someone would see that, it was probably, like, way down my feed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes you sort of just have to take that, that chance, even if someone's going to say, why are, you, um, why are you looking for another gig? It might actually, it might be like, a, some, it might open up a conversation with your current uh, uh uh, employer as to hey are you unhappy which you know a good employer would say are you unhappy how can we fix it a bad employer would would just say I hear that you're looking for something else and you know I'm not happy about that's the type of an employer you should just run out of there as fast as possible because <laughs> um, they obviously don't want to help you so right. um, cool and well so and so once say you've been following somebody you've retweeted them a couple of times can anyone give kind of a sample, uh, or you'd connect with them on LinkedIn, they accepted, maybe they even wrote you a nice message back saying thanks for connected, connecting. Um, maybe you could give a, a sample um, ask of, you know, how do you actually go about asking for, you know, an informational interview, or can we get together, and, and, and that sort of thing. Because I think a lot of people hear that they should be doing that, but kind of want some insight, like, what does it sound like? What, what, uh, requests have you taken and said yes because it was nice and what have you been like that's weird I'm not responding to this person <laughs> yeah. um, I mean I took a couple actually I spoke at the, one of the um, the find and follow your passion event uh, that uh, <clears throat> New York creative interns had, had run which was about a month ago or so mm-hmm. yeah and uh, I met a lot of people who, who came up to me and of course a lot of other people who didn't uh, I, I didn't connect with and most of the people I spoke with were very cordial in the sense of just giving me a business card, they followed me on Twitter, they, um, you know, sort of shared some content with me on Twitter they thought I would find interesting, very, you know, unique way to, to, to talk, and then there were a few that they did the right thing, they, they followed me, uh, they shared a lot of content, and then they um, emailed me, like, way later and said, um, hey, um, I really want to learn more about, I was able to look up, like, your entire background on, uh, on, on LinkedIn and saw some of the things that you've done and I want to talk to you more about certain things. Is it okay if I uh, can can take you, can buy you coffee one day? Uh, those are the, I took three of those because my days are usually jam packed. Uh, for anyone who knows who works in the agency world, it really is very very busy. And those are the ones I took because they they came to me rather than me having to uh, go to them. Um, and we did it right downstairs here in, in, in the, uh, the cafeteria. So, um, and the questions there were just like, you know, not really so much about can I get employment here as much as this is what I'm interested in doing. What do you think exists out there in the New York landscape? So the thing that you want to tap is if there's someone who's been 
you know, let's say, I mean, I've been in New York now 18 years. There's, there's, you want to tap their network more than, hey, do you have a job for me where you are? Because nine times out of ten, there's not, there's, there probably might not be a job immediately open, but they might not know some, they might know someone in their network who knows someone in their network, uh, and that's really what you want to ask them, along with talking to them about things that you know they're interested in. I think that's why you follow people on Twitter. You can see what their interests are um, and see what they're tweeting about. You know, if, if anyone followed me and wanted to take me out to coffee tomorrow, they would ask me what I thought about the Tumblr acquisition since, you know, basically I tweeted pretty much over the weekend about the fact that, you know, David Karp, who I've brought here twice to Ogilvy, uh, is, you know, has done a deal with Marissa Mayer, who I really respect as a CEO. Um, so those are things I would look into. Cool. Do you have any insights? Yeah, I've actually responded to almost all informational interview requests I usually get, and it's really... You know, do you demonstrate a genuine interest in the organization? And for the most part, it's a lot of people who just want to learn more about what you do. And I think most of the really compelling messages I've gotten are, you know, they say something related to what you're working on and they're actively following your work. Um, the things I don't really respond to are actually uh, requests from social networks. And I feel like sometimes they're a little impersonal. And for the most part, I feel like my email is pretty public and you can pretty much Google and find my contact information. Um, a lot of times it's, you know, I really care about if you are you have a very specific request or if you, um, you know, just want to learn more and not just, you know, want a job. <laughs> <laughs> so besides the personal blog that I run, nondoism.com, uh, there's, another, there, there's another side gig that I'm into, and it's uh, interviewingyou.com, and that's the letter U. So if you go on there, interviewingyou.com, uh, a, a colleague uh, and I of mine here at, so, uh, at Ogilvy, we started this entire um, website. We do podcasts, we do videos, we do everything helping people to get jobs, right? So we're recruiters on the inside, and we see so many mistakes people are making day in and day out. Even when they get the phone screen with me, they say the wrong things. They, they don't say the right things, and, they're, and they're, those are two different things right there. So with, with creating this interviewingyou.com, what a plug, um, we are actually trying to help people get the jobs that, that, that they want. So in that, we've created this workshop called Brand to Land. And in Brand to Land, we say, which is related to this, is before you reach out to the recruiter, before you reach out to anybody in HR, what you really should be doing is reach out to a work ally. And what a work ally is, is you're nodding your head. Have you heard this before? Okay, so what, what, what the work ally is, is somebody outside of HR and recruiting that works in maybe even the division you're try that you're interested in, or maybe just in the company. And what you do is you reach out to them, and as Jeff was saying, you invite them to coffee, or you invite them to lunch, because what you're trying to do is get two pieces of information out of them. The first piece is what that day-to-day -day really is like there at that company, and number two is what is the culture like as well. Once you've established that, in, you know, that relationship, and you still don't sell yourself at that point, you're just trying to get information from them and kind of like bond with that person, because what you've done at that point is, once they hear of a job that they think you're a good fit for, they're gonna reach out to you. And then they're gonna come to us and say, um, hey Nando, I know somebody who's good for this role. Anyone that Jeff gives me, they get a phone call within 10 minutes, seriously. I mean, because that referral process right then and there is so much more valuable than you reaching out to me and saying, what jobs do you have, 
right? And so that would be like the mistake number one that I get all the time from people is that they'll send me an email through LinkedIn and say, here's my resume, what am I good for? I don't know. Like, what do you want to do? Like, I have no idea. Don't do that to me. Like, I can barely do my own career, and you want me to advise you on yours? So, no, that's not going to happen. So, if you want to turn a recruiter off, that's the number one way to do it. Emailing them saying, here's my resume. Can you tell me what I'm good for? Because I'll send you a message, and I don't know if you'll like that response or not. You know what I'm saying? So, take it a step further. Always visit the career website, see what's available that matches your background, do those keyword searches, and see what comes up. And if you are going to reach out to the recruiter, at least have something to say to them by saying, hey, I went on your career website, I saw role 1455BR, I think I'd be a good match for it, would you, would you be free for five minutes to have a conversation? But again, I, I really say reach out to the work ally first, then to the recruiter. So how many of you guys are on LinkedIn? Good. Okay, good. How many would how many of you would say that you go on it like a few times a week or like you actually active? Okay, pretty awesome. That's great. Um, what about Twitter? Okay, good amount. Um, Tumblr, few blog just in general. Anyone blog? Um, Pinterest. Okay, decent amount. Um, okay, so basically the point here is right. So and some of you kept your hand up the whole time. It's very overwhelming, right? There's, I mean, that's just the the surface and the basics. So. Um, you know, how in an age where, you know, we're talking about all these expectations of having updated LinkedIn's and Twitter accounts, um, how do you guys manage it? Do you have any favorite tools, um, methods to just, you know, feel like you're being consistent, but you're not just talking into a hole, like it's, you know, that it's actually creating value in terms of your efforts that you're putting in? Yeah, I don't, I don't, it's weird. I don't really use any tools. I'm more of a mobile native apps guy. Uh, just because I think that's where the world is, you know, headed anyhow. Um, so, you know, the Twitter native app is the easiest thing to fire up and, and sort of post. Um, I do a lot of stuff in real time and don't schedule. And the reason being is because um, you have a lot of people who just schedule things and it doesn't seem very organic. And, and the thing is, it's sometimes fun to be a little bit more organic. I mean, Facebook, obviously, you can, you can fire the app up and pretty much post from anywhere. I probably the only thing I, pro I probably post from my desktop is, is Tumblr because I post a lot of uh, uh, GIFs. Um, I run futuristlab.tumblr.com. But the other, and then the other thing too is that, I mean, that I'd have to do in front of a laptop is, um, you know, I do, I do a, so I do a podcast um, on disruptive innovation. And of course, I have to sit in front of a laptop because I have to record that. But, um, um, you know, I, I think, I mean, with the way everything's going, I mean, we're talking into the SoundCloud app right here on, on the iPhone. I mean, I don't, I don't really have like a, like a, like one application that I sort of use to uh, update everything. It'd be nice if all APIs were open and someone created that, you know, maybe someone here in the room that's, that's the next like billion dollar acquisition where you could just update all your social networks. But uh, no, I don't use like a Hootsuite or a TweetDeck or anything of that nature. Well, I definitely make sure my personal and my work accounts are separate in case I accidentally post from one of them. It's the worst. Um, but in terms of what I do work-wise, we often use Hootsuite, TweetDeck to monitor multiple accounts, and I find that really, really helpful. Um, in terms of personal networks, everything I do is just within the web, the web browser or on mobile. Um, I think a, another thing to keep in mind in terms of how many networks you do manage 
is search. And when someone Googles your name, it's very likely that your social networks will be among the top that come out of um, the search queries. So whatever you do have active, really just make sure that they're still active and they're, it's the content that you want to be public. Yeah, I think um, if you Google or yeah, if you Google or Bing anything, LinkedIn will be the top network if you're most active on it. So you should post. Actually, giving you a little bit of SEO advice, you should post as you know daily on LinkedIn if you can, because you want that to be top more than probably anything else. So that if a prospective employer or anyone for that matter, it doesn't have to be a prospective employer, it could be when you are doing business with someone else, they can figure out who you are, because that'll probably be the first thing they they uh, click onto unless you have a Wikipedia page, which I wouldn't I wouldn't do unless you actually have someone edit it for you and you've done something significant. So. And delete your old MySpace. <laughs> delete your old MySpace. <laughs> My MySpace still pops up. But anyway, I would say um, th this is sort of related and sort of not, but like whatever network you are on, make sure you've appropriately positioned yourself the way not only do you want other people to see you, but then how you want yourself to be seen. What I mean by that is, let's say on LinkedIn, your photo on LinkedIn should not be the same photo that's on your Facebook, and it should not be the same one that's on your Twitter. And what I, what I mean by that is, I should not want to send you to rehab after I check you out on LinkedIn, <laughs> right? I shouldn't, meaning there should be no beers, there should be no, you know, at the pool with, you know, the floaties, there should be none of that. Right, because as a potential as a potential employer, I don't want to see that. Again, Facebook, that's your personal space, and I'll totally be Googling that anyway. But at least I know Facebook is Facebook, so I'm not gonna judge you on that, you know? But on LinkedIn, I will. And because I cannot send your LinkedIn profile to my hiring manager, to Jeff, or you know, to John Bell, God forbid, and you're there with like a corona or whatever. So just make sure that, you know. Your, you positioned your profiles accordingly, right? So that's like number one is having your, 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 your photo match up, you know? No selfies on LinkedIn, come on, right? So just make sure, again, what, whatever platform you're on, it's appropriate, the profiles that you've created in the bio. Yeah, Business Insider actually did a funny, funny thing on LinkedIn saying a lot of college graduates don't know how to use it, and I thought it was hysterical because of that real reason they're starting to they, everyone was trying to friend people they didn't know and it was like I mean I still get a lot of requests for that and I immediately like I don't accept any of those I mean you have to meet me in person and I have to talk to you a couple times before I'll actually accept a LinkedIn uh, invite and they actually tell you in terms of the algorithm you shouldn't accept everyone that you know because the more people you know there it actually penalizes you it's the opposite of Facebook you want to have like a certain amount of uh, people in your network, so it's like, you know, that, I think what happened is people just sort of amassed friends on Facebook and thought, hey, bigger is better. Actually, you only need, like, 150 connections to really, like, maximize anything, so. And I think one thing to keep in mind, too, in general, is that everybody has different reasons for using certain networks, so some people might be very open to connecting with you even though you've never met online, and some people might delete all of those, so I mm -hmm. think with all of these, you should... You know, not take anything too personally if someone doesn't follow you back or add you back because that just might not be how they're using it personally because, you know, I'll, you'll hear different things from everybody, so you, again, just have to figure out what's going to add value to your career and your life and be manageable for you. Um, so time for Q&A from the audience. Um, so it's a pretty small room, so, but if you guys have questions, 
Um, if you can just stand up and, and say your name, um, we have some time for Q&A. Who wants to go first? Sure. So you have to speak loud because you're in the back. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, so here's the thing, right? If, especially if you are applying for a role that is content-based. So, of course, I want to see the content. You know what I'm saying? So, it all depends on the agency and how they recruit. So, for me, let's say I have a position that comes up. I want to speak to you and at that initial phone screen or Google Hangout or Skype, whatever it is that we end up doing, First, I just want to know that you're able to think on your own. So that's what that initial phone screen is. Is this person, can they think on their own? Once that's been done, at the end of that, and I think, you know what, I do want to take this person and introduce them to the hiring manager, then I'll ask you at the end of the interview, I, I'd like for you to send me some links to some content. Because everything, you know, Jeff and I were just having this conversation today. Those are the people that the company wants, are these content creators. You know, so it makes sense for me to want to see you know, a blog post that you've created. You know, one of the questions is, uh, you know, what's been, if you've done social media campaigns, what's been your most successful social media campaign? And can you give me snapshots, snapshots links to it, uh, a case study, things like that? Because like Jeff said, yeah, you could talk till you're blue in the face, but I kind of want to see it. So I can judge for it myself. So that's where all the content and, you know, comes in that I want to see. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. In terms of your first question, about.me, that's, it's a great thing because you can put all Everything's of your, there. Everything's there. That's like a really friendly way. And visualize.me, I mean, I think resumes are definitely going, are all going to look like infographics. So if you can make it look different. I mean, certain, you have to, again, think of what Nando said. A certain firm might get that and they might be like, what the hell is this? Because the HR person might not know how to read that. But a more tech-oriented company would put that at the top of the pile because maybe they do data analytics and they're like, this person's doing this in their personal, professional life. So they, you know, that already gets you in compared to the, hey, it's all in Times Roman. And, you know, um, so think about that, though. You should have two different resumes. The, the Visualize Me resume is great for those sort of forward-thinking companies. The traditional one's good for, like, a more, a, an older, established, like, media company. My wife works for... Scripps Networks, which owns Food Network, they wouldn't get that visualize.me um, resume. They'd want, like, you know, a traditional resume because they're a traditional media company. So. Mm -hmm. sure, <laughs> or a recipe. Yes. Um, a question about um, for a customer that's already in the company, they've been around for a long time, they don't necessarily know how to use the digital space. How do you go about explaining that to them, to them and showing them that it's going to be a useful tool, especially when there's, like, older people that don't necessarily understand, but you do, and you're at the bottom, and how do you work your way up to creating the value in using all the social media platforms? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, museums are definitely a great example of that. They're yeah. very traditional organizations, and I think it's really about demonstrating the value of your work. Um, so when we first started social media, I, I worked at a few different museums. Um, you know, it wasn't really part of my job. I just 
ended up doing it because everyone else was doing it and we needed to keep up with the curve. Um, you know, it's still a business, even if it's a nonprofit, and they care about results and they care about engagement. And we started to focus on reporting and showing how, you know, in some ways the online audience is as much of a value to us as the people who come into the building. Um, so just constantly communicating to your supervisors, like, this is what I did, this is a summary of what I did, and this is how it adds value to your corporation or whatever your company is. And I would also slowly start forwarding articles over to them that are related to, you know, whether another nonprofit's using it, Girl Scouts, whatever. Um, you, you weren't talking about nonprofit exactly, but you were saying big like corporations. Any, yeah. 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 I would start forwarding, you know, um, articles like that and kind of just like slowly easing them into, oh, okay, you know, yeah, that, that's a good way. Yeah, it's a lot of internal education. And even if, you know, you want to give a workshop or a small presentation, um, you know, at like a lunch hour, just whatever you can do to help them understand. And, you know, now it's like my supervisors are sending me articles about <laughs> Facebook and Twitter. Not that it like actually matters. It's like, oh, I see the word Twitter. It's like something that you would read. <laughs> so it's definitely changed over the years. And um, I think the more you can, you know, help people um, break down the barrier, because I think it's also a fear of technology in some ways. Hi, my name is Megan O'Connor. I'm a recent grad looking for a job in social media marketing. Um, and my question is about LinkedIn. I love using LinkedIn. Um, I got connected with a variety of professionals while I was here last summer. Um, but now I'm looking at jobs um, for different companies. But some of my connections are connected to those people that are like doing that hiring. Um, so is it appropriate to ask for your connections to introduce you to some of their connections? Um, I know there's like a tool on LinkedIn that you can do that, or is it better to like send a personalized email, or is that not even something that you should bother them with? Yeah, um, the the tool is a great tool. I've I've used it many times to say, hey, I want to, uh, not not necessarily for a job, but more like, hey, I you, I know you know this person, and I'd like to talk to them about, you know, because we might have a business integration. Mm -hmm. um, and email is 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 okay too, just to basically say, hey, we're connected on LinkedIn, and I know that your um, connected to this person and I'd like to see if you I could you could introduce me to them and I mean be transparent explain why you know you're I'm researching uh, career positions this person happens to be at a company that I'm interested in uh, nine times out of ten people you know will, will usually help you there um, uh, a lot of times people even in the building here are connected to a lot of other people that I'm just like hey I'd love to meet that person and uh, they can either do an email intro to for you, or they could uh, they could they could you could use that tool. So there's there's nothing wrong with that tool. That's why it's there. It's the beautiful thing about the, the platform. So. And yeah, and I just have a thought on that too, because um, you know people often will ask me for introductions and stuff. So I think like my method of doing it is, you know. Timing is always such a huge factor into things, and that's the unfortunate thing, right? You might find like the perfect job, but you know maybe the timing is off for some reason. So, my method is always, you know, if somebody asks me to refer them, and I think they're awesome, you know, everyone wants to refer awesome people. So, you know, I'll say, you know, write me up a little paragraph that you want me to send to them that speaks to why you're interested in meeting with them, and then I forward it. So I'll take that exact paragraph and I'll 
send it to my contact and say, you know, hey, how's it going? Um, I know this great girl. She's super enthusiastic. I've worked with her doing X. Um, you know, if you have time in the next couple of weeks, do you think you could meet up with her for coffee? Like, more information below. And then I'll say, like, do you want her to reach out to you? Or should I make the email intro? Because, again, like, sometimes timing can be bad. Like, Jaja actually um, was on vacation, like, the past couple of weeks, and I almost harassed her about something regarding the event, but then, like, I saw on Twitter that she was away. So I, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't bother her, you know, but, you know, if I had emailed her and then not gotten a response, I could have been, like, really upset, like, why isn't she answering me? But, you know, sometimes you just have to think about timing. Um, but I think doing it, you know, doing it that way doesn't put pressure on either person, um, which is good because you never want to make someone uncomfortable and make them feel like they have to respond to you because that is not a good way to start a relationship. Um, so I, that, I think that's a, a good me method to default to. Yeah, email is an antiquated system. So if you think about it, I'm surprised we still use it in the world. <laughs> um, the only way you know someone's not around is, is if they have their out-of-office assistants on. You don't realize that today alone I got 245 emails. So you get people who say, why didn't you respond to me? And it's like, well, I don't know, can you go through like the 245 emails I have? <laughs> so we, we have emails become so cluttered <coughs> now that you might actually want to do both, but space them out so that like, I'll try this, and then if I don't hear anything after a period of time, going back to what Nando said, then try the other route and see if they'll, they'll respond. Because some people might not respond via LinkedIn because it might be connected to like a, a Gmail or a Yahoo account that doesn't notify them, and then they'll they'll respond to you via the, the email. Uh, so you might have to go uh, both routes. But if you don't hear back from either of them in that way, I mean, don't get discouraged. You know, sort of um, recircle and try it again because I think we're just over bombarded now with with, with emails. And I'm actually going to say something that's going to probably shock every single one of you. But I would actually say do not reach out to anyone and ask them for the intro. And, I would and I'll give you two reasons why, right? The first reason, and, and again, this is just one Mexican's opinion. So <laughs> I would say the reason number one is because me working at Social at Ogilvy, I get so many people that want to connect with me. And I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. And then I'll get somebody who's like, hey, Nando, I see that you know, you know Nick Cage. You know, in Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, but I, I mean, I really don't know this person. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be careful with, with that aspect of it. You know, those of us that are just like attention hungry, we'll just accept, you know, yes, it, we'll accept invites from anyone and everyone, right? So I might not know that person. You know what I'm saying? And, I'll, you know, and then I'll have to do this whole explanation. I'm like, I really don't know them. I kind of just said yes. And blah, blah, blah. But number two, coming from, coming from a recruiter standpoint, there's more power in me just having you come directly to me and saying, hey, I came across your job, 1845BR, on your career website. I think I'm a good match for it. Do you have five minutes to speak instead of having somebody... To me, that other method sounds like, I like you, do you like me? Check yes or no, right? <laughs> Getting that intro. Because there's a difference, because if you have to reach out to me through LinkedIn to do an intro, how well do you know either one of us versus what Jeff does? And he just reaches out to me and says, hey, I know someone. Does that make sense? So that means to me that you really don't even know me well enough because you're using LinkedIn to reach out to me, and then you want us to reach out to someone else through LinkedIn. All right. So again, it's totally opposite of what they told you. Use your judgment, right? But from take from a recruiter who gets it every day, it, it, it can be a little bit overwhelming. 
Okay. Um, and I want to ask my own question again, just because I think this was really important. So, you know, the whole theme of this is, right, you know, how do we bridge that online, offline gap? So I think what a lot of people ask us all the time is, you know, I met with this great person over coffee after conf like after your conference. You know, they're amazing. They're, it was great. We got along really well. But they're so busy. They're so inundated with email. Um, you know, they're on Twitter a lot. But you know, how can you give us some? You know, end with some quick tips on how do people maintain the connections? Um, tips on frequency. Like, what are people saying to you? Um, you know, how do to all these young people? How can they? Um, you know, keep up their network by staying in touch, but not being obnoxious and not bombarding and adding to the stress of a full inbox. Yeah. I'll, I'll quickly grab that one that real one? quick. Yeah, and then I'll no, pass no, it over okay. to you. So, again, if you go to interviewingyou.com, <laughs> one, of, one of the podcasts that we actually did is how to keep up or how to successfully network and how to keep up with your network. And one of the last things that we do, uh, that we tell you on there is to definitely keep up with your network. So now I've, I've connected with, like I say, half of the room, Right. And there, hopefully there was a, a purpose behind that. I just didn't connect because I wanted to connect. There was a, a reason behind it. So I connected with you because I see that you're huge on Twitter and you really love it and we're back and forth and you're posting all these cool tweets. I connected with you because you work at this great fashion company and I'm very interested in just fashion, things like that. So guess what? Within a week, within a week I'll probably tweet you or email you if I have it and, and, and same thing to you a fashion-related article or something about Twitter. You know what I'm saying? And then maybe I will let like three weeks, maybe four weeks go by and then send you a cool video I found on this model who like stumbles down the runway. Hey, not sure if you saw. So it's really about keeping up with your network. So it's not all about what they can do for you, but like what you can do for them. Is there someone else that you can introduce into their circle? You know what I'm saying? So it's like making intros into their network keeping them updated with cool articles about that common interest of why you wanted to connect with them in the first place. So just keep those things in mind when you do establish your network on how to cultivate that network. Um, I mean, how to chop down the, the email clutter. Um, I mean, Twitter is really good because it really is meant for, I mean, you the person doesn't have to be following you in order, you can still communicate with them. Um, and I, I try to respond to every single person that, you know, tweets at me or shares things because I just think it's the sort of right thing. And I only have, you know, 1,500 followers because I actually feel like I'm using it right, unlike the people who have, like, 500,000. Um, mm -hmm. Because I, you know, I want to sort of have, like, that connection of, of people and actually be able to manage it. But you also have to remember with email in most of the modern workplace, and um, I think um, there was that viral video that was, that was going around um, from the, David Foster Wallace was talking about, you know, you'll learn what day in and day out is. Uh, you know, I just turned 41 this year, and I wish I was, like, 22. I know that sounds crazy. Um, but uh, day in and day out, I mean, when you come to, uh, to work, not only are you uh, in front of technology, but you have to go to lots of meetings, back-to-back -back meetings, where you actually can't look at any email or anything, for that matter, because you're engaging with people. And um, uh, eight hours might go, to, go by, and, um, you know, you're not, you know, days gone by, you really haven't been able to look at a lot of that information. But usually people will get through that. I mean, I think the rate, even though technology is, is, is at a rapid pace right now, I, I mean, it's very common now for people to take almost upwards to like four or five days to get back to you because there's just so, there's big data. It's like just data is everywhere. And, of course, we're all across these different networks. Um, 
So, I mean, it's the ones who are a little bit more patient who are like, hey, you know, I just, I want to chat or I, I saw something interesting or I want to share something. I think Nando said the best thing, you know, if you can share something, I think that's the best way to break, uh, break the ice. I mean, uh, you know, people really like to, you know, chat with other people who they feel like they have a common interest with. Um, and there's plenty of things you can chat about. There's lots of content you can share and uh, things that you can you can you can bring to the table, and especially if you're you know regardless of what field you're trying to go into, let's say you were trying to break into finance, and that person happened to be on a social network, you should be sharing a lot of things within the finance world. There's tons of content out there that you can share. So whatever field you're into, that's what you really should try to sort of become like an expert in and 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 share that information with, and eventually you'll get like a nice thing that's going you know going back and forth. I mean, I talk to a lot of people in California. Uh, that way that I've never really met in person that work for a lot of different startups because we just have this nice sort of rapport going back and forth. Eventually, I probably may meet those people. I may never meet those people. Uh, but uh, you should think about it in that, in that respect uh, in, in terms of how to, how, to, how to connect with people. Totally agree. And this is cheesy, but content is still king. <laughs> and I think specifically in the art world, because it's so small and people within the art world who use technology you know, I could probably name them all right now, and it's very clear when someone has a true grasp of what they're doing and sharing articles or going to certain events. Mm. Um, you know, you don't necessarily need to friend these people. I think eventually if you do start sharing content and you have a voice in a very unique position that's shared online, those people will find you. Um, I'm personally creeped out when I get too many, like, LinkedIn and other invitations so I think a lot of times like sometimes it's truly organic and you know if you do really have a lot of passion for what you're doing and you know how to use the right tools um, I think eventually you will find the right yeah, job yeah that person's also a content creator themselves like I just wrote a piece for fast company that lots of people are like tweeting to me about like if you do that and you tell me what you hate or like about it like I respect you like there's a bunch of trolls who don't like the article <laughs> and I respect them because that's how you should be in the social world, because they have, they have some good points, you know, like, you know, some people are saying, ah, you know, content's not really currency, you can't really, you know, that's not, that's a bad analogy, Jeffrey, all right, let's talk, even if we're talking in 140 characters, um, but it's, you know, that's good, we have a nice respect, there's good business acumen, uh, you can really see how people think, that's the thing, is if you can show how you can critically think, you probably have a better advantage, because people actually want more of those skills than people who are just like, hey, I'm a robot, I can post a bunch of stuff, and, you know, I learned that, you know. I mean, think about it. You didn't go to college for four years to just learn what, what automation is going to eventually do. You have to show that you can think, because eventually something else is going to post all that information. I mean, if you think about it, TweetDeck will eventually become automated. But the critical thinking and, and what goes into the creativity is still, I think, in, in, you know, in, our, in our own brains. So, like... That's the type of things that I sort of like look for, and I think that's what a lot of other people look for as well. Awesome. Well, we want to leave time for you guys to meet each other and speak with the speaker. So my one challenge to all of you guys, um, you know, in regards to this topic would be to, you know, follow some people, connect with some people, and, you know, up update a certain platform, and, and maybe even try something new, like try a, a platform that you've been considering but maybe haven't had the time or put the time into giving it a real shot because like everyone said I think a lot of it's about experimentation and uh, finding what works for you.
So we hope to see you at future events, and thank you all. And also, I'd just like to thank all the volunteers. If you're a volunteer, can you raise your hand, please? Nice and high. So this is our amazing volunteer team. Say hi to them as well. They're really smart and survey and uh, you can drop your survey out in the back. We'd love to hear from you and uh, hope to see you soon. So thanks so much, everybody. Bye. I hope that's better.